All right, if you would, join me in your Bible to the book of Proverbs, chapter 31, please. In your Bible, the book of Proverbs, chapter number 31. It's so good to have the rain. Every time it does, it just proves that God loves us a bunch. I don't know if it's true or not, but I found something this week about mothers. I don't know if it's true or not. I just pitch it out for your examination. Is it true that you spend two years, the first two years of the child's life, teaching him to walk and talk, and the next 16 years tell him, sit down and shut up? I don't know if that's true or not. I read recently that grandchildren are God's reward for not killing your own children. I saw somewhere that mothers with teenagers now know why some animals eat their young. One thing about having kids, they seldom misquote you. They always tell other people exactly what you should not have said. Is that about right? Someone said the main reason for having parties for children is you find out that other children act worse than yours do. Somebody said we child-proof our homes, but they still get in. <laughs> Let me read you a verse. When Napoleon Bonaparte was asked, what is France's greatest need? He responded without hesitation and said, mothers. I might conclude also that that's probably America's greatest need, our mothers. Mother is not a title, it's a calling. It's a God-given responsibility. It's not biological, it's sacrifice mothers. One verse I found I'd like to read for you. You've heard it several, several times. The Bible says, Proverbs 31, verse 10, who can find a virtuous woman? For her price is far above rubies. Virtue. What is virtue? I do know that one time Jesus was just walking by and this sick person just touched the hem of his garment 
The Bible said virtue flowed to her and healed her. Virtue then must be power, strength, virtue. Who can find a woman of strength and power and of influence? Our text describes for us a lady of virtue. I think virtue speaks of moral strength. High standards, not only for others, but herself also. Virtue speaks of potency or power, power to accomplish that which God has placed within her care, children. Valor, chastity. If you, if you examine the text of Proverbs 31, we notice that this text describes the attitude and actions of a certain individual that the wise men call virtuous. In verse number 10, the Bible talks about a virtuous woman. In verses number 11 through 12, it talks about a faithful wife. In verses 13 to 26, we see it talks about a caring homemaker. And in verses 27 through 31, it talks about a godly mother. Let me read now verse 10 again. Who can find a virtuous woman? For her price is far above rubies. Now verse 27, she looketh well to the ways of her household and eateth not the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also and he praiseth her. Many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excellest them all. Favor is deceitful, beauty is vain. But a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands, and let her own works praise her in the gates. Notice, if you would please, as goes the mother, so goes the home. As goes the home, so goes our church. And as go our church, so goes our society. The mother is the pivotal instrument in it all. Godly mothers has always played a major role in the plan of God. We see very early in scriptures the mother of us all is mentioned. Her name is Eve. We go a little farther and we find a praying mother by the name of Hannah. We go a little farther and we find a lady who went all the way to Calvary with her boy. 
Her name was Mary. We find in the pastoral epistles a mother by the name of Eunice who taught her child the Word of God. This world cannot do without good mothers. Could I please share something with you that I found just the other day, if I can find it. To quote Dr. Albert Siegel, when it comes to rearing children, every society is only 20 years away from barbarianism. 20 years is all we have to accomplish the task of civilizing the infants who are born into our midst each year. The savages, talking about the kids that you birth, these savages know nothing of our language, of our culture, of our religion, our values, our customs, our interpersonal relations. The infant is totally ignorant about communism, fascism, socialism, democracy, civil liberties, the rights of the minority as contrasted to the prerogatives of the majority. Those little infants born, that little cute little booger, knows nothing about respect, decency, honesty, customs, conventions, or matters. The barbarian must be tamed if civilization is to survive. You talking about my kid? No, I'm just talking about my six. Children are trained. Children are taught. Children are guided. So goes the guide, so goes the child. Do you have any idea why America is different from Cuba and Russia? Influence. Influence of the Word of God. Influence of the man of God. Influence of born-again Christian mothers who has pointed that baby in the right direction. Well, I know this is going over kind of like a flat tire, but that's all right. When I think of a godly mother, I have been so blessed to have had a godly mother and married a godly mother. And when I say godly, I do not mean perfect, lest my wife gets the big head and goes home and wants me to cook. When I say godly mother, 
Let me please inform you as to what I mean. I mean a Christian mother, one that has been born again, washed in the blood of Christ, forgiven by the God of this universe and written her name in the book of life, and she became a new creature when Christ came in, and behold, all things became new. A godly mother is a saved mother. A godly mother is not only a saved mother, but a consecrated mother, one that is devoted to Christ and will present Christ to her babies. A converted mother, a consecrated mother, a courageous mother who lives by faith and believes that the God of the Bible is big enough, strong enough, and alert enough to take care of her kids who is not a worrywart, who believes that the God of this universe is sufficient to take care of things. A lady of faith. A lady of courage. A lady that is congenial, graceful, generous. I never have ever taken a friend to my house that my mother did not make them feel welcome. In the country where I was raised, they always cooked enough in case somebody showed up. And if it didn't show up, we didn't have a television, so we had something to eat later that evening. Congenial. Courteous. Generous. When we got married, I didn't ask much of my wife because she didn't get much. You'll get that after a while. But I said, don't ever make a friend of mine feel uncomfortable in my home. You say, you didn't. Ask her. And she hasn't. A godly mother is converted, consecrated, congenial, courageous, and a counselor. Verse 1 of your text, look at this. The words of King Limelel, the, the prophecy that his mother taught him. You know who taught the wise man? Bathsheba. His mother. You said, that don't say, that don't say Solomon. You ever heard of a nickname? We can't find the king by the name of Lemuel in all the Bible. But we can find one by the name of Solomon, who gathered all the wise sayings and all of Israel and put them in a book so that the wise sages of that day could teach the future leaders of Israel have to be wise in their leadership. And so, I just think maybe Bathsheba was telling Solomon, this is how you act. And then Solomon, in, chapter, in verses 10 through 31, is telling us about his mother. Notice, if you would please, what kind of mother's do we need 
in the world today. And I just wrote this down, mothers who can. Mothers who can. Mothers who can capture the heart of their kids. Who or what has your kid's heart? Yeah, I was a drug baby. I was drugged to Sunday school and church when I didn't want to go. I had the boringest teachers you've ever seen in all your life. I'd have given anything if just one pretty teacher had showed up in my lifetime. But those folks in Tennessee, they don't have any teeth in front. Hope you're not from Tennessee. <laughs> if you are, that's a quote out of Dr. House's book, and you can see him after service. Somebody, something is bidding, challenging, asking, begging, pleading for your child's heart. Somebody has your child's heart. And what we need in America today and what we need in our church today are mothers who can capture the hearts of her children. Verse 28, her children rise up and call her blessed. Her children are impressed with her. Her children trust her. Children are easy to persuade. And on a personal note, I would ask you today, who has, what has the children's hearts of America? Just go to any athletic statement, a stadium you want to today. Drive down any street in America on Saturday. We have to run folks off of our baseball field on Wednesday night. Who has your children's heart, and what are you doing to offset? Not the first time that ever happened. I, I'm just saying, Mom, now listen to me, and I don't want to get on your case and any of that, any of that, any of that business. I've had kids come through the athletic programs and all six of mine, uh, three of them were idiots and the other two were morons and you know the other one. <laughs> but somebody and something is, is trying to captivate, trying to addict, trying to get your child's heart so that you can no longer control your child. Now, I don't know what it is. It could be anything in the world. It could be sports. It could be sex. It could be success. It could be secular. But whatever it is, you know, Mama, who's got your kid's heart. I cannot understand why some of you folk would not want to send your kid to youth camp. You'd rather them be working on a secular job, trying to buy them a car that's going to keep them away from God, out of church, and probably get them in trouble and get a lot of tickets, but it's just too expensive to send a kid to your camp. 
God might get their heart. You say, preacher, this is what you ought to be saying Sunday night. If you'd come, I would. Who has your heart? Somebody has your heart. Mamas, we need mamas that can capture the heart of the child. Our adversaries are making every effort to make them addicts to the world, the flesh, and the devil. Mom and dad, you are doing and you have to do to capture your kid's heart. I read a caption the other day. If evolution is true, why does mother still only have two hands? Mama. Mama, who has your kid's heart? Are there more sports equipment in the room than Scripture? Who has their heart? You say, preacher, this is none of your business. It will be when I have to visit him down at the jail. It will be when you walk in my office and said, well, somebody offered him drugs down at the school. May I say we need mothers in America today that are able to capture the kids' hearts. You bring them to church long enough, I'll capture their heart. You bring them to church long enough, they'll know what a sucker bucket is. Uh, you bring them to church long enough and you'll find somebody sitting down at their eye level looking them in the eye and letting them look uh, me in the eye and trying with my heart, trying to capture your kid's heart for the glory of God. This is not about buildings and about leaks and about yards and about millions of investment. It's about little bitty boys and girls that God has entrusted to us that we need to capture their heart for God. They need to see something real, something that is deep, something that is going to last, something that is solid. They need to see that our kids need their hearts to be captured for the cause of Christ. You say, well, I'm not coming back next Sunday. Well, you're getting a full load this week. I'm tired of watching our little old kids being snatched out of our families and snatched into the world and trying something wrong and just getting all messed up. No, sir, Mama, you need to capture your kid's heart. And that takes time. Not quality time, a lot of time. Start early. And if mama don't have time, granddaddy, grandmama, you do it. I'm going to have a heart attack. And if you say amen when I have a heart attack, I'll swear I'll come back and haunt every one of you. Could I have an amen. We need mothers who will capture their kids' hearts. Their children rise up and call them blessed. Let me, let, me, let me please hurry. We need mothers who can influence her children. 
Mama, I don't know if you know this, but God gave man authority, but he gave woman influence. The president of the college that I rent said one day to a group of young preachers, you show me a woman that wants to do something, I'll show you a man in 30 days will be doing it. Now you guys go ahead and flex your muscles here and act like you know what you're talking about here, then go home and let her whoop you real good for acting like that. God gave woman influence. Eve did not wrap her hands around Adam's neck and say, now you stupid booger, go eat some of that fruit. Influence. Influence. We're losing influence in the home. And we're parking our kids off to somebody else. And somebody else is influencing our kids. You say, you thinking women ought not to work? Are you saying that keeping house, washing drawers, picking up socks, cooking dinners, sweeping, mopping, chasing rugrats all day long is not work. What tree did you fall out of? But we need mothers who can influence her children. Mothers that will influence children with virtue, virtuous characters, characteristics. I read a Spanish proverb recently. Now listen. An ounce of mother is worth a pound of clergy. Preacher. Thanks, Brother Doug, because that woke a lot of folk up. You said that right when I told you to say that. An ounce of mother... It's better than a pound of clergy. An ounce of prevention is better than a pound of cure. A mother at home is better than a mother visiting a correction institution. Mothers with influence, mothers who can lead their children to the Savior, Mother, don't let anybody in this world lead your children to Christ with you. You ought to covet. You ought to pray, dear God, in our prayer time and in our devotions at home. Dear God, please let me lead my children to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Mothers who can lead their children to Christ. Mothers who can teach their children the scriptures. Study to show thyself approved a work, but that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. I'm not worried about Andrew speaking in tongues, spitting bubbles, turning flips, and doing didos. He knows the book. I don't worry about Mandy getting off on some tangent because I had to run some Mormons out of their door the other day. I'm not worried about that. They know the book. 
Mama, are you teaching your kids the scripture? Mothers who can lead to the Savior of mothers who can teach the scriptures and mothers who can prepare for service. You want to know why the church is weak? There's too many mothers watching as the world turns. And on their way to Flamingo Road, they all end up in General Hospital. Yeah, now, Doug's they're just getting younger and wrestler all the time. I don't want to hurt you, but young mothers, God has called you to raise your kids for the glory of God. It's not just a title somebody laid on you. Mothers, lead them to Christ. Lead them to the Savior. Mothers, teach them the Scriptures. Mothers, teach them how to serve God. Somebody called me when Andrew was about five or six, four or five. I don't know what it was. said, Preacher, would you come and see me? I'm in a motel room up on the highway by Felix Avenue, the one on the right, room such and such. I said, Andrew, let's go soloing him. And I grabbed Andrew by the hand, a little bitty. You ever notice how Andrew drools a lot? He does. He drools an awful lot. Please forgive me. I should have taught him not to do that. Me and Andrew went to the motel room where we sat down with two men I've never seen in all my life. And one of them said, Preacher, I need some help. We are the two guys that they're looking for in Fort Worth for armed robbery. We've robbed X amount of convenience stores. And Preacher, I just don't know what to do. And me and Andrew sat there on the couch and led him to Christ. And one of them said, now what am I to do? I said, you get up, turn yourself in, pay your dues. And he did. A couple of years later, he called me and he said, say, they made me the chaplain down in Huntsville. Amen. You say, what, why would you take a six-year-old boy there so he could protect me? Kids are not accidents. Kids are influenced. Your teachers at school influence your kids. You want to know why we got a socialist in the White House? Because we have paid socialists to train him all of his educational life. It ain't his fault. Just go to any university you want to. They'll throw the Bible out, run Christian off, and let every, every Muslim and every communist and every socialist and every agnostic in the world teach at that place. And they are influencing your children in the public schools. You say, well, education out to the public school is cheap. Not if it costs you your kids. Teachers are influencing your children. Children are easy to influence. 
They really are. They're exposed to approximately 500 advertisements a day. Advertisements that's teaching them to smoke, to drink, to have illicit sex, and to charge it, and if it don't work, divorce. And kids are easy to influence. Somebody, somewhere, is influencing our children. Boy, wouldn't it be nice if they were influenced by a godly, virtuous mother? Hmm? They're influenced by advertisement, by teachers, by friends. You know why your kids want to dress like somebody else's kid? Is your kid setting the fad or following the fad? Is your kid controlling the, the conversation or somebody else's kid controlling your kid's conversation? Kids are easy to influence. I must be quiet. I run a real good sermon here. Have you ever seen one of those big, ugly football players? I think football players ought to be thin and trim like me. I just hate it when they do this and things pop up everywhere. Makes them look unnatural, don't you think? In all of your life, have you ever seen one of those big, burly boogers look into the camera and say, Hi, Dad. Nada. Hi, Mom. Influence. Hi, Mom. Influence. Dr. G. Campbell Morgan, a great, great preacher of days gone by. A giant in the faith. I think he had four or five preacher's sons. Someone walked up to G. Campbell Morgan's, one of his sons, and said to the son, who is the greatest preacher in your family? He said, why, my mother. <laughs> my mother. Influence. Mothers who can capture the kid's heart. Mothers who can influence their children, I close. Mothers who can take a stand for the Lord. A question and I'll close. Why are so many moms falling for the world instead of standing for the Lord? No mother ever stood taller than when she is on her knees praying for the children like Hannah.
the value of a godly mother is far, far, far above rubies. She is priceless. She is practical. She is pure. She's a pleasure. She's pleasant. She's popular. And she's priceless. Who can find a virtuous woman, a woman with strength? capture their kids' heart and influence their kids for Christ. I took a piece of plastic clay and idly fashioned it one day. And as my fingers pressed its steel, it moved and yielded to my will. I came again when days were past. The form I gave it, it still bore. And as my fingers pressed it still, I could change the form no more. I took a piece of living clay and gently formed it day by day and molded it with my power and art. A young child, soft and yielding heart. I came again when days were gone. It was a man I looked upon. He still that early impressed for, and I could change it nevermore. Mama, Eddie, don't wait too late to try to capture their heart and to influence them for the cause of Christ. Our price is far, 